This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We are back at Fort Worth, Texas. Eamon G. Carter Stadium. Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen upstairs. Mitchell Jurgens down on the field. We'll get to field level for player and coach interviews coming up. BYU gathering as a team to sing the fight song with the Cougar fans assembled here in Fort Worth. And and Hans, a good number of them in, in royal blue down there at the, at the rail. There was. They found a way to get those tickets in the final end of this thing. It was good to see them travel out. I had a lot of buddies that actually came out for this game, and I knew they were excited to come out. I, I, I just, this game just did not have the feel that I expected to have to see BYU have come out of this bye week, and, and that doesn't mean that you just go into the locker room and forget your fans. You, you really do need to take a minute to recognize their sacrifice because it's, it's not cheap to travel anymore. These, these people make a lot of uh, sacrifice to get out here to these games. You take out the COVID year, BYU under Kalani is now a 2-4 and four in post-bye week games against FBS opponents. Let's get to our Waystar star of the game. Brought to you by Waystar, simplifying health care payments. Learn more at waystar.com. And we're going to turn to a guy that when there was a play to be made, made a few big ones today for BYU. Chase Roberts, three catches for 63 yards, including a long of 39. He was targeted six times more than any other BYU player today. So Chase had a couple of big breakaway plays, and and he had a couple of big moments. You know, the thing I love about him is he's just a constant competitor. When nobody else is getting room or space, Chase is finding a way to get that room and space. And anytime the game is close or anytime the game's in question, you're going to see the ball flying towards Chase Roberts. So I always appreciate his effort. He deserves that award. Chase Roberts, the way star, star of the game. Now for the Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game, brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart. All types of steel products from tube, pipe, rebar, metal roofing, and so much more, jobs big or small, Palmer's Metal Mart is everyone's metal store. Who do you like for the Palmer's Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game today, Hans? Well, I'm going to go John Nelson because one thing was really clear. They tried to get that run game going early. They handed it to Bailey a few times, and you saw that middle was plugged up, and you saw that there were a couple times where they couldn't get anything going on the run game between the tackles. That comes down to John Nelson. And I also think he's just been underrated through the season. I think he's made some really good plays. I think he's stopped up those gaps well. So very recognized in today's effort to at least keep TCU's run under 150. Ended up at uh, 137. There you go. Kept them under 150. That's right under their average, I believe. Yeah, and and uh, also, of BYU's five pass breakups, John Nelson had two of them. He was knocking balls down the line of scrimmage. Yeah, John had a couple of batted balls, so appreciate his effort on that. They, they average 192 yards on the ground, so they kept them well under their average. Okay, there you have so it. So, John Chase. Nelson, good job, bud. Chase Roberts, the Waystar star of the game. John Nelson, the Palmer's Metal March steel man of the game. More coming up from Fort Worth after this. 44-11, Horn Frogs over the Cougs on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Now, back to Greg Rubel. Let's pause 10 seconds for a station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live coming your way from Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas. Final attendance today was a 44,599. Sunny skies, temperatures at temp kickoff were 68 degrees. Got up to around 70. And uh, the home fans, and there were a lot of them here, went home happy. TCU wins it by a final score of 44-11. BYU drops to 4-2 and two on the year. So hands, BYU's now halfway through its 12-game regular season at 4-2. and two. two teams... You expect to beat Sam Houston, Southern Utah, uh, and then a win at Arkansas, a home win over Cincinnati, losses at Kansas and at Texas, Crad uh, TCU. Your assessment of his 4-2 and two record through 6. All right, so all truth be told, this is where we kind of saw them. It's actually, I think, a, a little better than maybe where we saw them coming into the season. It was a 6-7 win team. We knew that there were going to be some growing pains. There, there were going to be some hiccups. We also knew that the schedule was going to increase in difficulty. So we threw all these things into our predictions and projections, and they sit about where we thought, if not better than where we thought. Now, the good news is you're getting ready for a Texas Tech team that hasn't shown as well as we thought they would through this season. They've got losses to Wyoming. They got lost to West Virginia. They've got a loss to Oregon. They're currently losing to Kansas State in that game. So Texas Tech is another team that's coming to LaBelle Edwards Stadium. You're going to be in the comfort of your own crowd back in your home. That's one that you got to get. By the way, Oklahoma State came back to defeat Kansas today, 39-32, a 12-0 fourth quarter, and the Cowboys defeat Kansas. And uh, I, I don't think... Kansas just struggling a little bit with their quarterback. Jalen Daniels missing another game. Jason Bean went 23 for 34, 410 yards, five touchdowns, but two picks. Ended up with a pass efficiency rating of 205.7 in the loss today. That was Jason Bean. Devin Neal, 13 for 66 on the ground. By the way, Texas Tech is, uh, hands noted, losing to Kansas State right now by a score of 3-0. That game is being played in Lubbock. And the Red Raiders with their new quarterback, with uh, Tyler Shuck being out, they will be heading to Provo next weekend. We'll continue our postgame coverage from Fort Worth. We'll head down to field level soon here from players and coaches. BYU falls to TCU today by a final score of 44-11. TCU now takes a 7-5 series lead against BYU, including a 4-2 mark here in Fort Worth. More from Texas coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Right back at Amon G. Carter Stadium, Fort Worth, Texas. TCU 44 and BYU 11, today's final score. BYU sees Keaton Slovis have his worst uh, passing day as a Cougar, but uh, I'd be surprised if, if the hit he took after that uh, Incomplete pass slash fumble um, didn't have something to do with the way his his uh, 
accuracy kind of flagged as the game went along. He ended up 15 for 34 for 152. No touchdowns, no touchdown passes in the game for the first time since the season opener. So we'll see how Keaton bounces back from today. Again, you could tell throughout the game he's just trying to keep that thing loose and warm. We'll see how it uh, stiffens up or swells up or soars up in the next couple days here. Yeah, there were, there were weird, strange throws that we hadn't seen from him that were so wildly um, inaccurate. It just felt like there was something wrong with him. There was actually an inaccurate throw before that play that potentially hurt his shoulder. So it just wasn't the best game for him even to that point. But then throwing in that injury probably roughed him up a little bit. It just the, the ball was getting loose from him a little bit. He was throwing high too much today. And I, I don't know if he was just releasing too early, but hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to him, see how that shoulder's doing. I'm not sure if, he'll, if they'll be making him available today or not. Usually when a player's hurt and needs some kind of treatment right after, they, they don't necessarily make those kind of players available to you. But I do see him down there on the field, so I think we might get him, actually. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, okay, right? I, I wasn't looking down there. I see that you brought him out. So we'll probably end up hearing from Keaton, actually, as it turns out. Big 12 standings right now. Oklahoma at 3-0. and Iowa State goes to 3-1 and with their win over Cincinnati today. So Iowa State ends up moving a half game back of the Sooners. A bunch of teams at 2-1. and one. Texas at 2-1. and one. West Virginia at 2-1. and one. Uh, Texas Tech uh, at 2-1 and one currently. And uh, those are your 2-1 and one teams, your 2-2s. Two and twos. Uh, Kansas State at TCU. And then you've got uh, your 1-1s. One, your one Kansas, um, Kansas State today leading at Texas Tech. And they're one of the 1-1 one one teams. BYU drops into the 1-2 and two teams with Baylor and Houston. Cincinnati and UCF both at 0-3. But uh, Iowa State's the early newsmaker here in the uh, in the Big 12 going to 3-1. and Definitely exceeding expectations. I was just talking about this in the pregame. Iowa State had one of the top five defenses in the country last year, but they just didn't have an offense to go with it. They've added a little bit of offense, and I did watch that Iowa State-TCU game really closely. That is going to be a dogfight for BYU. That's a really good team. And they've got a quarterback that's really hard to contain and an offense that's hard to predict. So that's going to be an interesting game. But, you know, at least BYU doesn't sit on without a win. You've got Cincinnati and Central Florida, a couple of Big 12 newcomers that haven't been able to sniff out a win yet. All right, we'll take a break and hear from Keaton Slovis after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. All right, the TCU gets after BYU today, 44-11, our final. Good to be speaking with Keaton Slovis. We wish we were in better circumstances, but Keaton always uh, always uh, willing to chat, to win or lose. And Keaton, thanks for your time today. Yep, thank you, yes. Uh, first up, um, on the play where, where that ball gets knocked loose, we think maybe incomplete pass, they call it fumble. Did you take a hit to the shoulder that bothered you at all the rest of the day, or was that not a factor for you today? Uh, a little bit. It was more on the tackle. Um, again, I'm fine, and, um, you know, yeah, I, I felt good enough to play. We saw you trying to keep it warm and, and, and be ready to go. Anything you think you'll be wanting to worry about during the week, or can you see yourself bouncing back from this and, and getting right back at it next week? No, I, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I, I felt good, especially at the end of the game. Okay. So, Keaton, there was uh, some delay in the pocket and some pressure that was coming. What were they doing defensively that was making it hard for those routes to break open? Um, you know, some of the add-ons, I think, uh, you know, guys are blocking up who we have, and then, you know, you add a linebacker, and 
uh, they did a good job, you know, coming a little bit quicker than I think we anticipated. And also, I got to get the ball quicker and, uh, you know, make some more throws. <laughs> As a quarterback, you know, I have, to, I have to make more plays to give us a chance to stay in this game. Well, then they had some interesting pressures that were coming. It felt like it was a delay blitz almost every other pass play. Was that throwing a little bit of kink in there, too, some of those delayed blitz from the backers? Um, again, I think they did a good job, but, you know, we, we were expecting that that, that uh, delay, and uh, we were anticipating it maybe a bit quicker than we were anticipating it, but, uh, you know, it wasn't anything that we were, you know, unprepared for. What did you see on the first series that ends up in the pick six there, Keaton, on that play? Yeah, we're trying to mesh and, uh, you know, I guess some pressure again on one of those, you know, late blitzes. Uh, I really just add and... Uh, you know, I mistook Kibo for the for the other mesh runner, so I was expecting him to keep running, and his route's not to run the mesh, so that's, that's on me as a quarterback. You know, and especially in that situation, that spot of the field, that time of the game, just got to take a sack and, uh, you know, lived upon and, and give our defense a chance. When you got this thing at 24-8 late in the second quarter, did it feel like, okay, we're back in this thing a little bit? Yeah, you know, and again, I, I got to credit our guys. I thought we fought pretty hard the whole game despite the score, and, uh, you know, you get those eight points, you feel like you have a chance. Um, again, we just got to play better. I have to play better um, as a whole to give us a chance. You know, we had, we had some, some drives later, too. We are moving the ball well, and, uh, you know, I take a bad sack later in the game. And, again, there's, there's a lot of plays where, you know, you can look to me and I, I need to make better plays if I want to give us a chance to, to get back in the game. Hey, Keaton, I know through the end of the fourth quarter there were some good runs that broke off. But through three quarters, the run game was slowed up again. I'm curious, from your perspective, at that quarterback position and what you're seeing on the handoffs, what do you think is a couple of the leading issues to this run game not really clicking? It's always hard for me to see on the field. You know, I can watch film, uh, get back to you. But, uh, again, I think, you know, we just got to be better as a whole, and I got to be better too. You know, there's times where I probably could have pulled a, pulled one here or there and keep defense honest. There's a few times that the ends made the tackle, and that's on me. So, again, um, you know, I know that that for sure. I can take take care of that, control that. Uh, again, we'll look on film and see what other things we can do to improve. So when you say that you should have pulled one or two, is it, you you got that option on some of those run plays? Uh, depending on the play, yes, yeah. Okay. Keaton, we always appreciate your time. We'll see you back here next week. Yep, thank you, yes. Okay, thanks a lot. That's Keaton Slovis. We'll come back with linebacker A.J. Vonkpachan on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, with more Cougar post-game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 44-11, TCU over BYU is our final here in Fort Worth, Amon G. Carter Stadium. Greg Rubel, Hans Olsen upstairs. Down on the field with our Mitchell Juergens. Popping on the headset is linebacker A.J. Vonkpachon. A.J. with three solo tackles, five stops on the day. A.J., thank you for taking a minute. First of all, we appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Okay, this uh, this TCU offense you faced today, uh, they put in a, a new redshirt freshman starting quarterback, and he was letting it rip today. Uh, he was going to throw all day long. What did you think you would get from Josh Hoover and TCU? Yeah, you know, they were a really good team, and honestly, they executed when they needed to be, you know, execute, and, you know, we just got to be better and win our one-on-ones. You know, A.J., there were some positives in this game, in my opinion, and one of the positives was you guys stopping up the run early in this game. I, I think they wanted to run. I think they wanted to push you around, but you had to feel like you were having some success early slowing that run game down, right? Yeah, you know, I thought we did a really good job, you know, just, you know, initially of just, like you said, stopping the run and even on control downs, but, you know, at the end of the day, we got to get off the field on third downs. So I'm interested in what you were seeing on those quick slants. I, I, I don't know how much a safety needs to be involved in that, but there were some 
serious issues with defending those slants. They felt open and they felt connected a lot. What were you seeing out there? Yeah, you know, I think that the um, you know underneath droppers, we got to do a better job of just pushing that quick game, pushing those you know um, you know hot routes, and just being better with our eyes. What do you miss when you don't have Ben Bywater out there last couple games, AJ? Yeah, you know, obviously he's a veteran guy, and you know when we're when we're all out there, I think we're at our best, you know. And, you know, right now we're kind of, uh, you know, have to bring, having to bring some guys along with, which, you know, I think they're doing a good job. Of, we just got to be better. Harris, Harrison's learning on the fly. Uh, what, what does he do that you like, that you see the future will be bright for someone like Harrison at middle linebacker? Yeah, he, I mean, he plays hard and prepares well. You know, he's one of the guys, one of the few guys, you know, that I've been around that just really prepares and, you know, will play as hard as he can. So, A.J., not a ton of pressure put on Hoover today. Was he just releasing it fast? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of the time he was, you know, but, you know, like I said, we got to win our one-on-ones up front and make sure we get home when we need to get home. What does this uh, do to to the, uh, the the approach of your team? Because some losses feel different than others. Does this one sting in a different way than a typical loss might, losing by this many points? And, and is it something you can quickly put in the rear view to get ready for Texas Tech? Because you kind of have to. Yeah, you know, I think it does, obviously, you know, losing by like losing like that, no one – you know, no one on the locker room expected to, you know, come out and, you know, be like this. But, uh, you know, we're just going to learn, have to learn from it and, you know, get better in, in the week. AJ, appreciate the time. For me, uh, Hans, what do you have for AJ? Did you feel like that bye week was productive, AJ, or, or were there some hiccups during the bye week? No, I thought it was really productive, honestly. And, you know, we got guys healthy and stuff. So, you know, we just got to come out and uh, be ready to go, honestly, initially and uh, not start slow. A.J., thanks for the time. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. All right, A.J. Vonkachon, BYU linebacker. Kooks fall to the Horned Frogs by a score of 44-11. to 11. Uh, 11 is a, is, is a number you don't see too often from the offenses of Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick. The last time BYU scored fewer than 11 points in a game. Got to go back to 2019, four years ago, in that 13-3 loss at San Diego State. BYU's not scored uh, this few points in a game uh, ever since that day. So this is a, a rarity indeed. We'll come back for more from Fort Worth. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to Amon G. Carter Stadium, Fort Worth, Texas. TCU is a winner over BYU, final score 44-11. to Some individual numbers of note in this game. Keaton Slovis, 15 for 34 for 152. That's a 44% completion rate. No touchdowns for the first time since the season opener. He had one pick, pass efficiency rating of 75.8. L.J. Martin led BYU on the ground, four, uh, 14 carries for 56 yards, so exactly four yards per tote. Miles Davis had 10 carries, 47 yards per carry. So the running backs had uh, yards per rush well above four or above four as a team. The team rushing average was 2.8 yards per carry, which is actually better than the season average of 2.3 coming into the year. Leading receiver for BYU yardage-wise, Chase Roberts set three for 63, a long of 39. L.J. Martin led in catches with four for 19, a long of 13. The long play on the day was Parker Kingston hauling in a 42-yarder. Parker ended up at two for 49 on the day. There were four Cougars targeted five or more times. Lassiter targeted five times. Parker Kingston targeted five times. L.J. Martin five times. And Chase Roberts, a team-high six targets on the day. 
leading tackler for BYU. Ethan Slade with eight, including seven solo stops. Preston Rex, Preston Rex, brother of Isaac, <laughs> playing a lot of safety snaps today, was a co-leader in tackles and had five solo stops and had one quarterback hurry on the day. The other hurry was courtesy of Atunaisa Mahe. There were no sacks, though, and only one TFL on the day, so BYU's low national numbers relative to sacks and TFLs will stay low after today, Hans. No big plays in the backfield at all. The only big play that came defensively was the interception. I mean, I guess you could take a look at the fourth down stop, too, which was really nice in the first half of that game. Big fourth down stop. But there were no big, energizing, huge hits in the backfield, big sacks, strip sacks. And that can get a little bit frustrating. And I'll tell you what else is really frustrating. I would have never thought that Josh Hoover would come in here and complete 37 passes to 13 different targets. It ended up 13. I think that it was really 12 that uh, that Josh Hoover threw to. But I would have never thought he would complete 37 passes for 440 yards and four touchdowns. That That's the most frustrating thing. Look at the attempts number. 58 throws. 58 attempts. That's hard to believe that 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 was the game plan that they came in. I don't think that it was the game plan that they came in with. I mentioned to A.J. Vonkpachan that you stop that run game up in the first half of that game and they start going to the pass and they find success. Well, you really did have to collapse that defense down to try to slow down that run, and they were finding those inside slants really easy and open, and they never quite could adjust to stop those up. Plus, what do you do? Do you die by bleeding through run or do you die by bleeding through these quick slants and BYU was kind of caught in a catch-22. So Hoover ends up going 37 of 58 for 439, four touchdowns, two picks, pass efficiency rating of 143.2 on the day. Bailey led TCU on the ground 13 for 61, average of 4.7, long of 25, and through the air, again they put it all over the place, 13 different players with receptions. Leading in catches was Jalen Robinson, seven, he had 68 yards, on seven targets, he had seven catches. That's remarkable. Uh, he had a long of 13. Uh, leading in yardage, J.P. Richardson, six for 104 and a score, a long of 42. Six catches on eight targets. He had a touchdown catch. Touchdown receptions go to Richardson, Williams, Wiley, and Thompson. Four different guys with touchdown catches, and his hands noted 13 different guys with receptions on the day. It, they were moving it around so well, and that makes it really difficult as well. And it really makes it difficult too, Greg. When you know you're, you're missing Camden Garrett, you, you, I don't know. Malik Moore came out and started this game and was in that first defensive set and had an opportunity to make a tackle, missed the tackle, and that thing went for a touchdown. Putting the headset on down to the field is Tyler Batty. BYU falling to TCU today, 44-11. to Tyler, Greg, and hands upstairs. Thanks for taking a minute, as always. Appreciate you. Yeah, you bet. Okay, um, how are you going to look back on this one when you hit the plane here and start thinking about snap-by-snap uh, snap what went on today, Tyler? Uh, at the end of the day, it just came down to execution, uh, just fundamentals of football, um, tackling, staying assignment sound, and uh, when third down came around, getting off the field. You know, Tyler, I've been mentioning this. I mentioned it with A.J. Vavichon minutes ago, and, I felt like you guys did a really good job of stopping up the run in this game. Did you guys think that they were just going to come out and try to push it down your throats? Uh, honestly, yeah. I think that was a that was a big part of it. Was um, you know we thought that they were going to be uh, you know a lot a lot heavier um, run wise. We knew they were going to throw the ball right, 
Um, but we did it. We did expect a little bit more run game. Well, you stopped it up well. And you had a good defensive game plan to stop it up well. When those quick slants started hitting, did you try to make some adjustments at that point? Yeah, yeah, we did. And honestly, the ball was coming out quick. And uh, you know, props to them. They were they were uh, he was throwing it, and they were catching it at a really a really high level. Um, and so that was yeah, clearly something we struggled with. You knew they were going to be a tempo team. Uh, how, how much did it affect what you were trying to do defensively out there today as a group? Um, you know, a little bit. That That is something that we drilled all week in practice, right, to be ready for this team. Um, we wanted to make sure that, yeah, we were we were going to be ready for the tempo. I think today it just, uh, you know, may, may have gotten the best of us when we were just, you know, getting, you know, first down after first down, and, and we're trying to get off the field, and, and it's not happening. I think, uh, I think yeah, that's definitely something. Um, that may be impacted the game. Tyler, third downs for the team last year were, were difficult defensively, but not really this year. But today it came back, and it was tough getting the defense off the field on third. Yeah, uh, again, I think uh, a lot of credit goes to TCU, um, and, and definitely something we need to work on is that that three-step game, right? They were they were uh, they were catching and throwing and, and completing passes, and and we just have to be uh, more disruptive in those scenarios i gotta tell you though tyler again another positive thing and there were some positive things another positive things was you guys had multiple batted balls it was three maybe four batted balls did you see it on film knowing that those quick slants shutting down windows because i saw isaiah banya who dropped into that window coverage and just put his hands up did that affect some of the rushing and did you guys kind of plan to drop into those windows and get your hands up yeah, we did. That was definitely, again, part of the plan. We uh, we knew that there was going to be th- some three-step involved. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we just needed to uh, to get our hands up, you know, a couple times more in critical situations to get those balls out of the air. All right, so you're right in the thick of uh, league play, seven games in seven weeks, the first one's down. Uh, you're right back to it with Texas Tech at your place, and as we've already found in this league, Tyler, whatever people thought would happen in the preseason has nothing to do with what's happening right now. It's going to be a battle week to week. Do you get that sense that you've got to simply see a rear view? This is already done. We've got to move on quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's conference play, right? Um, that's what's, that's what's so, uh, so fun about it and sometimes infuriating is it's conference play and uh yeah you got to come ready every single week um and so uh we'll we'll have pretty much this game wrapped up by tonight and and be moving on we gotta we gotta get ready for texas tech you know tyler i gotta tell you though man great job slowing down that run and great job forcing it to the outside just is the chemistry okay with the defense are are you guys still standing strong together are you still feeling like you've got good solid defensive chemistry yeah absolutely um Absolutely. I, I, lo- I love our guys. Uh, I love our team culture, um, our defensive culture. Uh, and so that's what the dudes are going to do. Everyone's going to rally. Um, we're going to rally around each other, rally together. Uh, I, know, I know all the dudes are highly motivated to, to play at a level that we all know we can uh, at the end of the day. Uh, I know that's, that's something we're going to continue to work for. Hey, remind Kalani Sataki, too, that, you know, he's – He's got he's to enjoy this a little bit. And, and uh, you know, he had a 6-6 six and six season, his senior season. So make, make sure he remembers that. Oh, I, I believe he does. I believe he does. Tyler, thanks for the time again, as always. Absolutely. Thank okay, you, guys. that's Tyler Batty. We'll take a break. We'll continue. This is Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The Postgame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Economics Partners, a national leader in business valuation services. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. Back to Fort Worth, Texas, Eamon G. Carter Stadium. Greg Grubel hands Olsen upstairs. Mitchell Jurgens down on the field. And uh, we'll be soon putting the headset on Eddie Heckard. Eddie Heckard will be getting the headset from Mitch. And before we hear from the coaches, we will hear from Eddie. Eddie, part of BYU's efforts today in a 44-11 setback. TCU over BYU. Cougs dropped to 4-2 on the year. Get back at it with Texas Tech next Saturday back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And... Uh, Eddie Heckard has popped on the headset. Eddie, Greg, and hands upstairs. Thanks for taking a second. We do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Okay, uh, you've uh, had a few minutes to kind of digest this one. Uh, when you think back on, on 60 minutes in Fort Worth, what's going to come to mind first and foremost? Uh, just a, a learning lesson. Uh, as a whole team, offense, defense, and special teams, I feel like we all learned today, and that's, that's what we could take from it. Eddie, I'm curious. At what point did you guys know that Camden Garrett was a no-go for today? Um, I think it was a game-time thing. Uh, he, I know he wanted to play, and I think uh, it was just on the coaches, trainers, and between him. I don't know if, like, the players knew. How, how much does that change what you guys do defensively when Camden can't go in a game like this? Uh, it doesn't change a lot. I mean, Cam is a great player, and we need him to play, but we need the next person in line and pick up the rifle and you know come in and perform like we practice we hold everybody to the same standard and whatever that is we we just need to execute no matter who's down the next person in line philosophy has really been tested too it's safety you've had to play so many safety safeties this year yeah and there was preston rex getting out they're getting a lot of reps finishing with eight tackles to co-lead the team today right right yeah i think he played great i like his uh his fire. I think he he's coming downhill to make tackles. He's not afraid of anything. I think he's athletic enough to make plays in the post, make plays to break up passes, and I think he wants to too. It's not just like he's back there timid or scared. I think he's he's ready to go make a play. Mm. Hey, Eddie, in your opinion, why were those quick slants so successful for TCU today? Uh, just us not using the proper technique. Um, that that's all I could say. Our coaches put us in the right position to take them away. We just didn't as a as a cornerback in DB group. But, I mean, we, we'll learn from it today and get better for next week. You picked up your ninth collegiate interception, your second at BYU today. Can you describe that play for us a little bit? Uh, just it's something we rep uh, in fall camp. We kept, we kept uh, doing uh, cover four drops, cover two drops, and knowing that that number two receiver is going to try to bend you and wrap you and the quarterback is going to want to rope that into that uh, hole so when I got there I mean when I seen that he was running vertical and was going to try to wrap me I slid back inside and he still threw it and I was able to make get one hand on it and come down with it so yeah Eddie does it make it difficult when you know, there, there were 13 receivers that caught a pass in this game. Does it make it difficult when there's so many different guys that they throw to and different receiving options? Yeah, I mean, that's that's difficult because now you have all these different type of receivers to study and learn what they do. Like some receivers might slow release to go inside, some might fast release. So 
having 13 different receivers mm. and all those that that deep of a receiver room it, it did make it harder but uh i mean that's why we prepare and we have games to watch for that historically big 12 football means the ball's in the air and today 447 passing yards from a kid making his first career, uh, collegiate start josh huber was pretty good for a guy that didn't have, didn't have a lot of reps out there wouldn't you think yeah i think i think he did great um i'm not i'm not uh one to not give him props i think he for his first collision start, he did what he wanted to do, and um, yeah, I give him all the props in the world. Okay, TCU, uh, rather Texas Tech, now back at your place, uh, chance to get right back at it, get back to 500 in the league. Uh, your your thoughts on heading back home to to bring in Texas Tech for homecoming? Uh, I'm I'm just excited to play in front of the uh, crowd again. Uh, you know, we have the advantage when we when we host a home game and we get to start to prepare and. You know, just see see what that that brings. So, Eddie, it, last thing for me in this game, I and from this bird's eye view, it's really difficult because I'm trying to count rushers. I'm trying to count guys that are that are trying to rush the quarterback or drop mm-hmm. back into coverage. It didn't seem like it was as aggressive of a game plan today. Would I be mistaken in saying that? I didn't see a lot of corner blitz or a lot of safety blitz in this game? Uh, I might have missed it though. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know if if we were being aggressive or not. I just know. I mean, I think the the game plan is always aggressive. I think what Coach Hill trusted in was maybe four man pressures because we didn't think they have the best O line. But um, I don't. I don't know what exactly like what our defensive calls was supposed to take away. I mean, as far as like if we was trying to get too much pressure on them. I don't know. Okay, Eddie, we appreciate the comments today. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Eddie. That's Eddie Heckard. This is BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Still to come, Kalani Sitake. Let's hear, though, from Sonny Dykes, the head coach of the TCU Horned Frogs. His team defeats BYU 44-11. And our thanks to Lily Warner for getting these comments a short time ago from Coach Dykes. Really proud of our team. Uh, proud of the guys for, you know, we had two tough weeks. Um, you know, I think in a lot of ways it was kind of a gut check for for our guys just to come out and uh, to play like they did. I think it shows a lot of, uh, about who they are and really proud of them. And wasn't you know wasn't perfect, wasn't always real pretty, but the guys played really hard and tough, and we played uh, better football. Still turned it over you know a couple of times, and we got to get that fixed. But you know, it had some silly penalties, and we got to continue to to improve on. But I man, I just love the way they played. Played hard. I thought our coaches really did a good job of, um, you know, preparing. You know, BYU was going to make you throw the football. A lot of eight-man front, um, single high safety. And so, you know, I think that was a smart game plan by them. You know, they have a a quarterback that's never started a football game and Josh Hoover uh, that they were defending. And, you know, what can you say about Josh? I thought he played incredibly uh, well. Not surprised. I mean, he's you know he's the most prepared player in our team, um, but just really proud of the poise that he showed. Thought he was um, never got rattled. Game was never too big for him. Um, you know what can you say, man? I just thought he had a great performance, and I bet we dropped six balls. Um, you know, and so so a lot of stuff we can improve on and get better at, um, but.
Again, really proud of uh, his performance. Thought our offensive line protected really, really well. Gave it gave him a chance to stay clean. Um, and it was good. You know, I thought we had a bunch of guys make plays, which we needed to see him do it. Uh, and just proud of proud of the performance. And then I, I thought defensively, I thought we played outstanding. Um, BYU is a really good offense. They can throw the heck out of the ball. Um, thought we did a really, really good job not giving up big plays, uh, pressuring the quarterback. Just a good performance. So, again, really proud of our team. You know, a lot of, you know, these guys hear the stuff and the talk and all the things, you know, because of social media and, you know, I appreciate them because they never blinked and, and um, yeah, came out and they played well and against a good football team. And this is a 4-1 and team. This is a team that beat Arkansas at Arkansas. Um, you know, and I thought we, you know, we did a good job. thought the guys played hard. Was it a plan for Johnson to throw it there much or was it kind of like he's in the zone? Or yeah, I mean, I, it was kind of what they forced us to do a little bit. You know, we saw a lot of single high safety, you know, stacking the box. And, again, I think that was smart. That's kind of what they do anyway. Um, but even more so this afternoon uh, and made us throw it, you know, and, and thought he responded incredibly well. I mean, good decisions. Missed a couple of deep balls that we were close to, to making plays on. We got to we've got to be able to hit those. Um, and like I said, too many drops, but man, you know, first time out, first start, throw for 439. I think that's a, that's a good good performance. Coach, as you said, it wasn't perfect, but do you feel like this might have been the most complete game you guys have had? Certainly, yeah, for sure. For sure, I mean, because this was a quality football team, you know what I mean? I mean, this, yes, I, I thought, I thought we did what we needed to do to win the game. And like I said, I wish it was cleaner. You know, I just, we just haven't played that clean game yet. Um, but, you know, we were able to overcome it today and, and made a couple of mistakes. But the thing that we did consistently is we made plays on third down. You know what I mean? We got behind the chains. We got the penalty. We dropped the ball. Something happened. And, you know, we Josh did an unbelievable job, and our offensive line did an unbelievable job of protecting on third and long. And we were able to, to convert a bunch of those and keep drives alive and score points. And I thought Griffin really kicked the ball well. Kicked it with a lot of confidence tonight. And, you know, I was – it was certainly headed in the right direction. You know, we're not, when we weren't there yet, you know, we were, we're capable of playing a lot better. I mean, we lined up wrong, covered up the tight end twice. I mean, we did some stuff that still kind of, you know, makes you wonder, you know, wonder why we're doing it. But we, we were able to overcome it because we made plays. And, and again, we protected and threw the ball and guys caught the ball. And, and we were able to, we just got to get that stuff fixed. We were able to overcome it. Yeah, yeah, I think that was big for us. I mean, we, you know, I think for two weeks we felt like that truly from the second half of the West Virginia game all the way through last game, I think, you know, it was kind of one of those things, what more could go wrong? You know what I mean? And, and how could we do things that we uncharacteristically, you know, do uh, or did? And, and so I think, I think everybody felt the pressure of that. Um, and so I think, you know, it was big for us to get off to a good start. Nick making that play and, and finishing with a touchdown and then us getting the ball and driving and scoring. And, I mean, it was just I think the defense and offense played off each other incredibly well. I think they both yeah, gained a ton of confidence. Um, and, and I really think that's kind of what we've been missing for whatever reason is just confidence and, and just playing cleaner. And, you know, I think we'll grow a ton from this game. I mean, I think this will be a big opportunity for us to, to really learn from some of the mistakes we made in this game and get better and – um, and, and do it with some confidence and, and move forward because, you know, I mean, it doesn't get any, it's not going to get any easier. You know, going to Kansas State next week is going to be a big challenge, and, and um, but our guys will 
are excited about it and looking forward to it. And I think we have some confidence, and I think that's what we needed. Defensively, it looked like Marcel Burke played a lot more, especially in the first half. He did, yeah. It's good to see him out there. Yeah, and I think, you know, we'll look at the tape and see. I think he did some good things. I mean, he's active. I think he's healthy. I mean, I saw him this week in practice. Um, I think it was Wednesday when we were running a two-minute drill. I mean, he looked like the old Marcel. And it was truly, I think, the first time I had seen that from him. And so, you know, he had a tough injury, and an injury that's taken a long time to recover from. And, you know, he's missed a lot of football the last couple of years because of injuries. And so I think he's just starting to get caught up and get back into it. And, you know, he has worked really, really hard. And so it's really, um, really makes me happy to see him be able to contribute. Because, you know, he's, he's worked really hard. And he's had a great attitude, and I'm glad he was able to, to get out there and make some plays. Um, I think just, you know, he's just here all the time. You know what I mean? I mean, he's just, he knows what to do. There are very few times that you said, well, he should have done this, or he, he made a bad read here, or he didn't throw this ball. You know, and we put a lot on the quarterback. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot of stuff these quarterbacks have to do. And, you know, he just prepares so well that you expect him to go out there and do what he does in practice because he just makes good decisions. And he's he's incredibly prepared and works hard. And as I said, I mean, he's, you know, we get we get in the building at 5 a.m. and he's here already most of the time. You know what I mean? And when we leave a lot of times at 8 or 9 at night, he's still here. And so, I mean, the dude is, you know, he puts in the work and the hours and the time and, um, you know, that's what you want. All right, that's Sonny Dykes, the head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. His team defeats BYU by a final score of 44-11 to today here in Fort Worth, Texas. Amon G. Carter Stadium, BYU home to Texas Tech. Homecoming next Saturday, the Cougs and the Red Raiders. This is the BYU Creamery Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake popping on the headset down now at field level. Kalani with Greg and Hands upstairs. Kalani, thanks for taking a minute before you guys get on the bus and get on the plane. Well, halftime, uh, you said you had a lot of work to do. Uh, what do you think about your second half of football, the way you responded down at, at the break, and did anything good come of what you thought could happen in the second half? Improvements, that kind of thing. Uh, no, I mean that, that's uh, otherwise we would have we would have made a uh, we would have we'd have, we'd have made the game close, you know, and, and had a chance. Um, I, I just don't think you can keep spotting great teams. Uh, you know the, the opportunities that we we missed out on, and then giving them, uh, you know, easy plays to make a pick six early, and and uh, you know just not not effective um, on offense and defense couldn't get stops, especially on third downs. And this, these are things that that I need to work on as a coach. I need to, I need to find a way to make our team better, and and uh, we'll keep working on it though. What was the most surprising <clears throat> thing about the way the game turned out to you? Well, I, I think this the uh, I, I give credit to TCU because I think they basically took us out of it. But I, I just felt like we could get back into the game, you know. And, and uh, it just did. They just we never had the opportunity really to do it. And so, uh, but I think you have to give them credit for for not allowing us to get back into it, and especially after all the crazy <clears throat> football we've seen over the last couple of days, even you know. And, uh, that, that, but well coached teams don't do that. They, they don't they don't allow teams to come back. And uh, they don't make enough mistakes, um, so we, we just didn't do enough on our team as a team to, to, you know, we have to find a way a way to play a, a full 60 minutes, 
uh, sound football and um, in all three phases. And uh, that, that's what that's that's our job as coaches to, is to get us there. So Kalani, coming through the bye week and just the extra week of preparation, did did you have some positive vibes? Were you feeling good about this game as as you guys prepared? Yeah, I mean. I, <clears throat> I, I felt like we had a great matchup. I felt like we could we could really do some things. I thought, uh, you know, physically, our O line and their against their D line, their D line against our o, uh, our, our D line against their O line. I thought the line of scrimmage would be something that we could really capitalize on and and uh, you know help us out. And it wasn't really the run game. I, I don't know if the the running back really hurt us as much as as he he can do he can do on the field. But it was the the the, the pass game. You, you know, the, the the quick hitters too. The that um, that Hoover, you know, made us pay on it. That, that, those are the things that I, I did was not anticipating. But you have to give them credit. That's what that's what he did a great job at it. He thread the needle quite a bit, and we couldn't stop slants. We couldn't get. We, could, we played a lot of man coverage, and we still couldn't get stops on him. And and uh, you know, he felt comfortable throwing the ball. We couldn't get pressure, and then offensively, we couldn't get any rhythm going. And that's like we're we're six games into it. We can't get that done. We we got to fi- find a way to figure it out. So that's this. That's the sense of urgency that we have as a staff is to figure out what, what are we good at and what can we do uh, effectively and how can we be a more efficient team in all three phases. And that, that's, the, that's the goal to get done in between now and when we take the field against Texas Tech. We'll come back with more from Kalani Shitake here in Fort Worth. Horn Frogs 44, Cougs 11 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Right back down to Kalani after we take a 10-second break for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. TCU 44, BYU 11 is our final score. Time to get to our Economics Partners valuable stat of the game brought to you by Economics Partners. BYU's accounting program is nationally ranked, so it's no surprise one of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. We'll go to this one. Uh, BYU's 4-0 this season when they win the turnover and field position battles and 0-2 this year when they don't win either. And that was the case today. Turnover battle was even, but the field position really swung in in, uh, in TCU's favor today, Kalani. And it was um, it was a game where you punted a lot. In fact, it doesn't happen that BYU punts seven times in a game, but BYU did today. And, and Ryan had kind of a an inconsistent day kicking the football. Some balls came off his foot weird. There was some contact. There were some deflections. It was a strange day that way. Yeah, and, and that, that's not... Uh... It's not um, what we normally see from Rico, and so uh, don't don't know what the uh, the issue was. But yeah, we had uh, TCU came after came after us in punts, and you know when when you're in fourth and long, it's, they can do that. And so we got to find a way to get get Rico off the field and not let him get out there to punt, only to hold for PATs and field goals. And, and I think that's gonna. You know, that, 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 that's what we need to do. It, it all works together. It either complements each other or it hurts each other. And uh, we didn't do enough to help help uh, take advantage of Rico's talents. Hey, Kalani, some of the offensive line shuffles going Paul Miley at the left guard, corner pace center, 
moving Waylon Lapal over to the right guard after he comes back from injury. Was this all just an effort to try to get more run game going, or, or you, you felt like they were just better fits at those positions? Yeah, I think the goal was to try to get see whatever we can do to get it, an effective run game going. You know, and that's the um, that was the goal, and obviously, um, and then and then to utilize our guys that we felt like um, for what we were trying to do, we did it through the bye week. Just wanted to give it a different look, and then uh, obviously, that that wasn't the problem. I don't think. Uh, I just feel like we've got to find a way to get points on the board. I don't, I don't know if we need to be running the ball. I don't know if we need to throw the ball, whatever we've been throwing. I just I don't really care. Get points on the board, whatever it takes. We have guys and talent on our team, so we just got to get points. That's get first downs, get positive yards, and then find ways to get points on the board. That, that's got to be the goal. Uh, Kingsley went out for a bit, came back in. He's kind of had that a few games this year where he gets banged up and finds a way to get, get himself back in the game. Yeah, and, and uh, I think we, we had some guys get, get, get banged up, and we'll see, but I, I don't think it's anything that's, that's too threatening. It was nice to see Kingsley get back in there and play, and so um, he's a big-time player. We, we just need to you know, put him on, keep him on the field so he can make big-time plays for us as, as a left tackle. Were there some encouraging signs from uh, a couple of guys, Cody Epps and and Miles Davis? Yeah, the guys did great. I, I mean, did they? You know, looking at our our, our team, we, we we had opportunities. We just got to capitalize on it, and everyone's got to do their one eleventh. It was good to see Cody back on the field again. It was good to see um, you know guys out there playing more and and, and guys coming back from injuries. And um, hopefully, we get more next week. But we're gonna have to reassess some guys. I don't think anybody. That, that went down this week is going to miss next week. I think we had three guys that got banged up that didn't come back. Um, two, well, the, well, Kingsley came back. The other two, I think we're just kind of looking at it, but I don't think it's going to keep them out for, for the season. Well, it's Big 12 football. All the winning teams so far today have scored 30 or more. We've seen some big quarterback numbers, and even a guy like Josh Hoover can come in and throw it 58 times for 439. This league is a challenge for every defensive coordinator and head coach and defensive player around and it's looking a lot like uh, like big 12 football again yeah and and it's it's scary with, with uh, the type of talent i mean the, this is the backup quarterback and he was really efficient and man accurate and had a lot of lot of uh confidence and uh give credit to their coaches and to sunny as a coach man he, he had this team ready to roll and i i gotta i gotta get do the same thing for my guys you know we we had great support here that showed up i mean fans are awesome as always when we go on the road and I know that they had a difficult time finding tickets, but they did. We had a whole mission over here celebrating, and they just, did, just didn't give them enough to celebrate for. So I, <laughs> I apologize to all the fans that did that, but we love you guys, man, and, and I'll, I'll do a better job of getting these guys ready. All right, uh, a quick word about uh, coming home for homecoming to take on Texas Tech next weekend. Texas Tech is currently playing Kansas State in Lubbock, and the Wildcats lead that one 10-7 in the second quarter. A lot, lot of crazy things happening in the conference, and so there's still a lot of football, a lot of things to play for. Um, we're so excited to be in the Big 12, but uh, it, the, the things in the Big 12 is just crazy every week, and, and the matchups are different. And so, um, you know, we, we just need to find ways to be better as a team, and, and that's what I'm going to try to do as a head coach. All right, Kalani, thank you. Safe travels. We'll see you next week. Thanks, appreciate Kalani. you guys. Love you guys. Go Cougs. Love thank you to all the Cougar fans. Thanks for showing up, and, and appreciate your support. Love you guys. Thanks, Kalani. All right, we will come back with the last couple of segments of Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. We'll get you the BYU Creamery Inside Scoop trivia question as well. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can either just tweet to at me, at Greg Rubel, or you can use the hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Post Game Live. That's hashtag BYUCPL 
for BYU Cougar Post Game Live. And Cougar Post Game Live continues from Fort Worth after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. Right to back here in Fort Worth, Texas, a rivalry renewed between BYU and TCU. Horn Frogs win it by a score of 44 to 11. TCU's now beaten BYU in five consecutive meetings and takes a 7 to 5 all time series lead. So you've heard players' hands, you've heard both head coaches. Now that you've uh, digested what they had to say, any impressions that uh, are modified at all or anything you heard that jumped out to you, stuck out? Yeah, it's interesting that they came out of the bye week the way they did. You know, talking to Kalani, it felt like they were getting more healthy, felt like they were getting more confident and giving up 44 points on a comeback off of a bye week. I'm sure it's frustrating to him. Uh, the other thing, Kalani mentioned the guys that went down, nothing seemed to be season-ending, nothing seemed to be r- real bad that's going to keep anybody off the field. So that's good news because seeing Kingsley Somata'ia go down was a little bit alarming. And to know that he'll be back is good because you're going to need that full slate against Texas Tech. And then the the thing that stood out for me with Sonny Dykes was his constant praise for BYU. Uh, he was very complimentary. He said, hey, it was a 4-1 football team that beat Arkansas at Arkansas. And uh, they, one of the reporters asked him, is this your most complete game? And he said, I would say this is our most complete game because that's a really good football team that we just put 44 points on. So he was very complimentary at BYU. He knows that this is a good team. I know this is a good team. This is not a 10-win team. It's maybe not a 9-win team. It is the bowl team that we were talking about. It's that six, that seven, maybe that eight-win team. That's who this BYU team is, and TCU put it together. They put it together. Don't forget, and we're just looking right across from the press box up on the stadium wall across from us is this huge college football playoff 2023 competitor logo that they've got on the the side of their building. Why? Because they were just in the national championship game last year with this coaching staff. Uh, Sands, this offensive coordinator, they did change out this offensive coordinator. But I think he found a quarterback. I think he found a guy that fits him and that he likes a little bit better. That was more K.J. Jefferson-like than anything that Morris has done. So TCU is going to catch some fire here on the back half of the season, I think. Well, BYU's again counting up to six at this point, and they're at four and holding for the week. But you're you're through six games at four and two. You've got six games left to try and go at least two and four to get yourself into the postseason. And again, not that uh, you know the bar is only that, but I think that uh, getting to six wins and getting to the postseason is a is a a, a nice way to start your Big Twelve tenure. And, uh, and again, they, they stay two games away and holding at this point. Uh, going to Twitter, hashtag BYUCPL um, from at Kirkools underscore BYU says, all this talk about night games versus day games, and there is a distinct difference between how BYU wins and loses at night compared to daytimes lately under Kalani. It's a, it's a, quite, it's a, it's a wide disparity, and there will be reasons for both you know, caliber of, compos- of opposition, et cetera. But it is one of those day game situations again today. But he says, hey, it seems like the bye week situation is a poor win percentage. And now, after today, uh, in the Kalani era, uh, if you take away COVID, because COVID was weird, bye weeks were 
they could happen any week almost. You'd be off. You didn't know. We, so we're going to leave COVID out for a minute. So in a typical season, post-bye week, facing an FBS opponent coming out of the bye, BYU's now 2-4. and four. There's enough there to look at now, I think. It's, it's a small sample size still, relatively speaking, at only six games. Yeah, because that's supposed to be the biggest advantage for you. But, but two and four coming off a bye against the FBS opponent. You're going to have to reassess how you're doing your bye weeks, what you're doing in your bye weeks, and, and how you go about them. And, and I know that Kalani comes from a school of coaching that does not lose coming out of bye weeks. So there is a long history of where he comes from and how they prepare and what they do in bye weeks. I'm sure he's going to have to go back and reassess that. Mitchell Jorgens is now up in the booth, having come down from the field. Uh, Mitch, you've digested this loss today and uh, been around the players and coaches. Uh, sense of vibe, anything down to you from from you? Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, I mean it was tough. I think uh, I think these players, as well as Kalani, I mean they did not anticipate the game playing out the way that it did and. I mean, it shows even even in our you know kind of pregame analysis, we thought that they'd run the ball and they didn't. They threw it almost sixty times with a with a true freshman getting red shirt first making start. his first start. Uh, yep. Or yes, red yep. shirt freshman making his first start. Um, and unfortunately, BYU kind of the whole game just wasn't in a position to respond. And that's something that that BYU's done so well at in uh, throughout the season so far is they get hit in the mouth and they bounce back. I mean, we did. We you know, hands. You talked about it. Um, when BYU went down 14-0, yeah, it looked a little bit different because TCU put together a pretty, uh, a pretty impressive offensive drive. But they've been down 14-0 before, and and we just didn't see the the BYU team that we've seen in the past bounce back, respond. Um, there was some, I mean, it could be some personnel issues that. Uh, just you know, BYU playing with guys that that hadn't been out there a lot and maybe trying to adjust scheme, but it just didn't look like this team was was completely ready to play and ready to get after it. There wasn't as much energy on the sideline, and and uh, it might have just been a shock to the system that things weren't going the way that they thought it was going to go coming into the game. That's bonkers, and it's irritating, you know, because it, it did feel like this was a winnable game for them. Hey, Mitch, let's talk about just the the technical side of stopping up uh, some of those quick slants. Yeah. And I, I, I did see BYU was trying to make some adjustments. They they took Jacob Robinson and they put him on the press or they tried to take Eddie Heckard and put him on the press. Okay, I'm, I'll make you a defensive coordinator. Quick slants are hitting. What are you doing with your corners? Are you not just going to press man and have them run and, and maybe have a safety slide over, see if they could jump the route? I mean uh, – I, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, you guys might have gotten a better view from up here, but you also got to take away the inside. Um, take away the inside and do what you can if that's what they're hitting with. Um, you, you know, you got to make adjustments. And I know they brought Jacob down a bit, but from, my, from what I saw, it, he almost looked like he was trying to back off too much too. So um, there, was, there were times. And there I'm was sure definitely was, times of that. that was I mean, there was, there was so much space. And even, I mean, you look at one of the touchdowns that was thrown on Jacob Robinson. It was a slant on the backside. So he was the, um, that must have been trips to the right, and he was on the left. And they threw a, a slant for a touchdown. Yep. And I, I, I remember Jacob coming off the field, and Jay Hill went straight to him and was, you know, I couldn't hear exactly what was being said, but um, he was, you know, visibly pretty upset and I think it was just, I mean, there was not as much aggression. And, and from my opinion, Jacob's had a great season so far, but he just didn't look confident. You know, it, it didn't trust his ability to go make a play. And, and it's almost like they, they wanted to protect from getting beat. But 
of the 440 yards that were thrown by Hoover, how much of that was completed balls over the top? I don't I don't know if any of them were, you know, 30, 40 yards down the field through the air. There were some bigger completions, maybe some catch and runs, but not over the top plays. Yep. And they were just giving him so much room and so much soft coverage. And it just didn't. I mean, I, I would have thought they were going to make adjustments, but but they didn't. The, the long play of the day was the forty-two touchdown to Richardson, but that's a yak it was a, touchdown. It was a catch and run. Yeah, exactly. There were there were not many. There weren't plays over the top. I only saw him throw one deep seam, and that deep seam was still only probably fifteen yards through the yeah. air. And, and so, in my opinion, I, I don't know what these DBs were so scared of. Almost like well, well, they, I they were giving so much room, but they weren't getting beat deep, and I, they weren't trying. I asked Eddie, I said, what, you made some adjustments and those, those slants are hitting what's going on. He said, we just didn't yeah. execute. We didn't use the techniques. He said, the coaches put us where we needed to be to, and I wonder if he's talking about that play that you were just mentioning where you're not taking away the inside. And, and, and I believe that play, Greg, didn't they motion to an empty backfield? Wasn't, wasn't that guy in the back and then motion yeah. out into the open field and Jacob had to switch over to him and and then the the other frustrating thing was a lot of times they'd throw that quick slant they'd close the gap because they gave too much cushion and then they'd miss the tackle yeah. and a missed tackle took uh more off the field again which i'm sure was hard for this defense i mean we were just talking to eddie and i said when did you find out about camden garrett not playing and he said that was kind of a the game time thing. game time thing and then you take more off the field Within the first defensive series, he'd been repping with the ones. Yeah, you know, and now you're bye week, and you're losing defenders that you've practiced through the bye week with, and you're like, okay, <laughs> and it's getting thin, and they were targeting Mo Obama a little bit and more Obama, and they just found some cushion, yeah. took advantage of it, and 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 I do, and and thinking about this even more, they they should have, in my opinion, been taken away the inside more because on top of not having many. Um, not many balls over the top. There weren't many, like, there weren't fades. There weren't go routes on the sideline or, or even back shoulder balls. There weren't any of those to the outside of the numbers. It was all just dumping over the middle and who were through for 440 yards. You, you don't see that. And so they had to take away the inside. I'm also interested just in, in asking uh, Eddie Heckard about the aggressiveness. And he said, he said, I, I think that we looked at their own line and felt like we could get there with our D-line yeah, and a four-man rush, and they didn't. And I I think that Hoover did a really good job of getting the ball out, but I don't think BYU did the best job in trying to rush the quarterback. I think that there were some delays in some of the rush game, and, and I think it slowed it down. And Hoover had a lot of clean pockets. Outside of the batted balls, Greg, he had a lot of open windows to throw those slants. There just wasn't a lot of pressure. Those slants come quick. They're a three-step. They come quick, but there just wasn't a lot of pressure. Yeah. TCU ended up with five tackles for loss, three sacks. BYU ended up with one tackle for loss and no sacks. And BYU's national ranking in both those categories will drop over this uh, weekend. Let's hit the break, and let's get you our inside scoop trivia question brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. It is inside, inside scoop trivia. You're going to want to submit via the Twitter using the hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Post Game Live. So use the hashtag BYUCPL, and the first correct answer to cross my timeline with that hashtag 
will receive two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. And today's question is this. When was the last time before today that BYU finished a game with a final point total of 11? BYU falls today 44-11 to to TCU. Before today, when was the last time? Give me the season and the opponent and the final score when BYU scored only an exactly 11 points as its final point total. That's the question. Hashtag BYUCPL for the ice cream next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Right, the Bryant Walker on Twitter says, despite the loss today, I still feel the Cougs are a game ahead of what a lot of people were expecting them to be at this point in the season. There's still a lot to play for, he says. I think a bowl game is a very reasonable is very reasonable for the first year in the conference. And so playing six, you've won four. You can play six more. You've got to win at least two. Which games will those be? Which games can you win to get to a bowl game? And we may as well take a look at what the schedule offers and say where things are more or less likely. Let's do this. Texas Tech next Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What's Texas Tech doing right now? Well, the Red Raiders are trailing Kansas State 17-7 to in Lubbock late in the second quarter. Your thoughts on Texas Tech and if that's one of the wins that BYU gets to get to six. At, at this point, I think that might be the most winnable right now. That's your most likely. Because it's, uh, it's at home. It's in front of Lavelle. Um, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and and because as we, I mean, Oklahoma State had a good win today. Um, Oklahoma, Texas, those are going to be tough. Iowa State's playing well. They they went to three and one, beat yeah. Cincinnati thirty to ten today. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's very clear on on which game that is, but I think Texas Tech is at this point the most winnable. So BYU's got to make some some changes and uh, you know study this film and, and make the proper adjustments because. This might be the net, or this next game could be that key game to get okay. them to bowl eligibility. Texas Tech at home, Texas on the road, is the one after that. The way I'd list it, I'd go Texas Tech number one, Oklahoma State on the road number two, mm. West Virginia on the road number three, Iowa State at home four, Texas at uh, on the road five, and Oklahoma, Oklahoma at home six. six. So the big mover there is Iowa State. Yeah, they've yeah. done marvelous things. And I, the, the film of them beating this TCU team is now more impressive to me because I, I watched it throughout the last couple of weeks to get ready for this game, and they they beat them up pretty good. I mean, it was it, – it, it, Iowa State looked really good in that game. and But it was Chandler Morris. And this team doesn't look – much similar with Hoover than they than what they had with uh, Morris. It just yeah. is a way different offense. Okay, I actually like your listing. So this is most likely to least likely in terms of victories. You went yeah. Texas Tech, number one, then Oklahoma State, number two, West Virginia, at West Virginia three, Iowa State four, Texas five, OU, and, and Oklahoma six. Okay, and so if you don't get Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. You've got to get two others of those others, which means okay, all right. Yeah, I, I, I like that order of yours. Uh, really and so the next now next Saturday becomes a really intriguing game. Now that becomes a, a swing game, a linchpin game. If you were trying to get to six, 
If, to, if you don't get Texas Tech, well, now you're down to five games to find two, and then we reset the order and see what things are doing. It's At least you're talking about it. At least you're scoreboard watching. At least you're checking standings. At least it all matters when it didn't for BYU for a long time. So, Well, and it's tough, too, because the opponents that you have beat, Cincinnati has not looked good. Did Arkansas end up losing to Alabama? They lost by three. So they've not. So they, 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 when they took on BYU, they were two and zero. They've now lost five in a row. Uh, Cincinnati hasn't looked good. Kansas, the team that beat you, hasn't looked good since they beat you. And now the asterisk there is Jalen Daniels misses all these games now. And Bean has come in and, and tried to take over, but Bean threw for four hundred something yards today. Didn't he did. He? he did throw a couple picks, but yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he threw for a good number. So. You know, you you look at the wins that you've got, and you try to be encouraged by it, but you just got to improve. And <laughs> man, Craig, you got to go back to the drawing board again with the run game and try to figure that out. And, and how it didn't. They didn't get to 100 yards today. Did not get to 100 on the ground. I thought they'd get to 100 on the ground. It didn't happen. Today's game lasted three hours and 27 minutes. By the way, uh, this number we didn't maybe talk about it enough. I think I did during the game. But this is a staggering number and and a disparity. Third down performance. One team, BYU, went 2 for 14. The other went 12 for 19. Wow. 12 for 19 for TCU today, helping them run 86 plays to BYU 66. An up-tempo team ran 20 more plays. Not terribly surprising in that. They do run a ton of plays, but they did 86 on an average of 6.8 per play. And it was tough getting them off the field at 12 for 19 on their third downs. And BYU's two third downs under a season low this year, conversions. Well, it, it's so frustrating, too, because when you're looking at getting into your fifth string and your sixth string safeties and you're trying to get Raider DeMooney up and going in the middle of combat and you're trying to get Rex going in the middle of combat and you're throwing in everybody you can, it can get really frustrating, really, really frustrating. And then when you're missing tackles, that's really frustrating. And then it felt like there was a bit of a breaking point. You know, Greg, one of the tipping points of this game, BYU had TCU in a potential third and ten situation. And Oh, are you talking about the, the Wakeley play on the sideline? Crew Wakeley takes his guy out of the sideline and, and, and forces an incomplete pass and then stands over his guy and does a kind of a, a safe, type motion that you would get from a ump in a baseball game and they throw the 15 yarder i'm sure you were close to that yeah mitch like how do you even handle that how how does kalani deal with that how how big of a blow did you feel like that was i i mean that was huge uh, that that could have been at the, the time swing at yeah. the time we you know I, I don't think byu played well enough that had did that play affect the outcome of the game however momentum is a real thing mm-hmm. and should BYU get the ball back there, they make a third down stop, they go down and either score or kick a field goal, and this is this is a reasonable game heading into halftime where you know that it's it's reachable to make it make a comeback at halftime and and I mean in, in my opinion again as as a former player, like those penalties hurt so much because I mean that that shouldn't happen. You, you these guys should be disciplined enough to to recognize and I think one of the problems is, I mean, you, you, you get this in almost every sport. It's highlighted on, on TV. It's highlighted on, on social media pages where, uh, you know, even in baseball, you get the bat flipping when you hit a home run. And, and I think this is just becoming kind of part of the game. But, it, but these players need to recognize 
when to do it in the right moment, and and you can't do it looking at another player. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was what obviously got the call. If he had done his his motion, you know, not staring directly at the at the opposing player, He's looking down on him. It's yep. it, it, it you, the flag doesn't get thrown because it's hey, I, I force an incompletion. I'm going to throw out my hands as as if that was an incomplete pass. But you, you've got to recognize the line there and know the situation as well. Have situational awareness. And on a third down, you're forcing a third down. The last thing that can happen is to have kind of a dumb penalty that's going to give TCU another chance. And that's a team you do not want to give second chances to, as we saw today. All right, let's wrap up our broadcast by getting to our inside scoop trivia question answer and winner. And Chris Butters has the correct answer of the question, which was before today, and this is a crazy trivia question in and of itself before today when was the last time BYU ended a game with a final score of 11 points a final total of 11 points because think about it how do you get to 11 well you could do like BYU did today have a touchdown two-point conversion and a field goal you could get three field goals and a safety you could get a touchdown with a one-point conversion and 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 two safeties (laughs) they're all unusual occurrences but to do it the way BYU did it why do you go for two it's usually a late-in-the-game scenario. You're yeah. trying to get by. You don't do it with your first touchdown of the game, unless you're some coaches who always do it. But BYU got a two-point conversion on their only touchdown, which came early, and one field goal to get to 11. So 11 is an unusual number. And, uh, and, and to quote the great uh, Nigel Tufnell, uh, these ones go to 11. And today's total of 11 is the first time it's happened since 1970. Wow. Mark Lyons may have been the quarterback in this game. BYU lost at San Diego State 31 to 11 on October 3rd, 1970. That's last. That's BYU's last 11 point final tally in a game. I think Nigel Tufnell was the quarterback in that game. <laughs> <laughs> so did somebody get it? Yeah, Chris Butters got it. He really got that. He said, he said San Diego State 1970. So Chris got it. So Chris will be getting uh, 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 getting a DM, and we'll get some details. We'll get him uh, two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. So isn't that wild? You have to go. You have to go. 53 years to no, that's, 11 point That's bonkers. Game. It is nuts. No, that is absolutely insane. I, I asked you earlier, I said, could you get this number? And you're like, yeah, I've already got it. I have it for my trivia question. What are you talking about? No, and, and we, I want to credit John Livingstone, one of my stats interns, who, who uh, sent that along to me today, that, that that was the last time that BYU scored 11 was San Diego State. That's so shout out, shout out to John there. Uh, he also said, uh, John, the stats intern, uh, seven punts, most in the game for BYU in five years. Um, last time BYU scored this few points in the game was against San Diego State again back in 2019. We talked about that, 13-3. to And then uh, 447 passing yards allowed the most since Hawaii did it in the 2019 Hawaii Bowl. So it's been four this years. This is the most passing yards since then? In four years, yeah, against. Uh, I, I knew it was a, a pretty good whooping. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that it had some historic numbers. Yeah, so there it is. So, uh, yeah, a lot of numbers, not many of them very good today, but we'll see if the Cougars can flip it around when they take on Kansas, uh, Texas Tech next weekend. And the Red Raiders getting within three of Kansas State, 17-14. Wildcats lead Texas Tech in Lubbock. The Red Raiders come to BYU next Saturday. It'll be a homecoming game, and that'll be a nighttime kick of uh, f- an evening. Sorry, it's an early evening kick, 5 o'clock. 
So it's not really day. It's not really night. We call it. I I say. But does it count? Five o'clock and count? onward is night for me. I think anything that kicks after five, five or on is a night game to me because it's going to end after eight thirty. It feels like a night game. It'll be dark by six. Um, so next week's game, I'm calling a night game, and we know BYU does well in night games. That's why I'm calling it a night game because yeah. BYU will likely win if it's a night game. Yeah, let's keep it a night game and and let's get a good outcome in that one. Yeah. So next week, five o'clock with three o'clock radio pregame for BYU and Texas Tech. All right, let's thank the crew back at BYU Radio. Engineer Barry Squires, control board operators Seth Larson, James Finlayson, and Derek Dungan. Coordinating producer Terry South, scoreboard host Jason Shepard. Uh, Sean O'Neill on the operations side. Clark Jackman on the operations side. Casey Stoffer on the corporate sponsorship side. Our thanks to our in-booth engineers today, Ben and Lily Warner. Excellent work by both of them. Our appreciation to our spotter, Matt Jarvis. And uh, that just leaves the guys on the headsets, I think. Let's see. Your trip here, Mitch, was uh, normal. Yep. Last night got in fine. Hans, yep. yours was surprisingly normal. It was pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> people normal. people no, want stories now, I and, know. and they no, don't no get one today. Normal as it can be. <laughs> I don't know. The night's not over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you still have things to do. <laughs> yeah. not over. I could find myself in, in the Alamo. It's yeah, you're not home yet. <laughs> you're not home yet. <laughs> Things could still happen. Uh, all right, so that leaves the man to my far left. Hans Olsen. And the man to my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. And I'm Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Final score today, TCU 44 and BYU 11. Back with you next Saturday from Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU and Texas Tech. So, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night. And so, you know, sorry, before I say good night, thanks to our stats interns tonight as well. John Livingstone and Jerem Hartzell, and our statistician Ralph Sokolowski for his remote involvement. Thanks again to all of you. That'll do it. Good night. So long from Fort Worth, Texas. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by All Pro Capital Real Estate Investments, by Les Olson IT, your office technology partner. BYU Football is also brought to you by Smith's Food and Drug, fresh for everyone. BYU Football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Shane Reese, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.